Hello and welcome to the Christ Fellowship Weekly Podcast. At Christ Fellowship, our desire is to cultivate a passion for Jesus and His purposes on the earth. To connect with us in community, partner with us through giving, or visit on a Sunday morning, please visit ChristFellowship.org. We hope you enjoy this week's sermon from Lead Pastor Jamie Miller. All right, man, it's great to be here. I've loved the passage we're going to be talking about today. And we're talking about the risen Christ. This is the part two of the series that we started last week on Easter. And uh, we're calling this Joy uh, on, on the Journey with Jesus. And um, so I want to kind of pull a few pieces together and do something before we formally get into the, the Word this morning. And, and one of those is just to recognize there's lots of... It, we really are on a journey. It's like we're on a road and we're growing with the Lord and things. And the Lord uses all different kinds of pieces to pull us together and help us to grow. One of those things is what James was just talking about, life groups, community. That's a huge piece. Another huge piece for us as a church is intentional discipleship. That's where we meet with one another, one, two, you know, two or three people for the purpose of intentionally growing as disciples of Jesus Christ. And one of the ways we help do that as a church is that we have a, a discipleship school and it runs about nine months. This year it was on Thursday nights. This next year it's going to be on Monday nights. And we ask that everybody at some point in your journey with us at Christ Fellowship do that. Now, sometimes it takes a few years to work out when the right time is, but I would love for everybody to consider that. And we're just wrapping up a year and we're in a recruitment season. So I'd love to invite and celebrate a couple of our people. Heidi Chapitan, would you come up, please? And also <laughs> Heidi and Ross Connor. Come on up, brother. Okay, Ross, Heidi. So I want to just ask you guys a couple just uh, testimony type questions, and I'll, I'll start with you, Heidi. Just uh, what is something, just a, a bullet or two, that's just been something that impacted you from this school year? Um, well, I, I, I'm going to change it a bit from what I said in the first service because I feel like the Lord is wanting me to. Um, but when I when I went into CFDS um, for the last few year or many years, probably decade or more, um, I seriously struggled with anxiety and fear. And I mean, de debilitating anxiety and fear. And the Lord had healed a lot of that. Um, but I still felt like there was just a little bit of, of bondage that was still there. And so something that has come out of CFDS is complete and total freedom from that. And not, and not just freedom from like he came down and healed, but part of the discipleship school has taught me and, and transformed me by the renewing of my mind and, and given me new paths to walk in so that it, I don't easily step back into those old ways of thinking, Whoa. but he's given me new ones. So freedom from that. He's also given, um, he's, he's shown me, these are your gifts. These are the gifts that I've given you. And not only have, has he revealed those, but he's also empowered me to use those. Um, and just the, the last thing, the last little bullet point, he, we were searching and so hungry for deep spiritual connections with other people, like people that you just click with. And we have found family, like laugh until your stomach hurts family, cry together, share breakthrough together. Um, it has just completely been life transforming. Awesome. How about you, Ross? Yeah. So th this service has a much different feel. Um, <laughs> But it, who remembers lecture in labs? You know, labs in, in college were always for me. Who loves labs? Anybody love them? The one CFDS guy <laughs> over there loves labs. Um, 
but like it, it was a, it was a laboratory, and so you're you're it, I won't call it a lecture, but you're listening to people pour out a, a completely heartfelt, amazing story. The, the the leadership brings amazing testimonies to bear into the group from Scotland, from all over the world, and it's crazy. They're right in front of you, and these just heroes of the faith, and so learning that, and then getting to walk that out, uh, both locally uh, in Baton Rouge, Louisiana, we had an amazing mission trip. Uh, it was a laboratory, so it's safe to experiment, safe to fail, but also you get encouragement back when you do that, and it affirms your gifts. And you're like, man, I, I can do this, and then you carry it with you. Which, well, yeah. So hold on the yeah. mic. I'll just stay with you. So what what is something kind of moving forward, like you know, hey, I, I want to express this in the church or in my life, kind of moving yeah. forward, coming out of CFTS. So along the same line, so you know, it's like school. You're in, and then in, and even through the school, in my sphere of influence. Um, I've realized it's not my agenda each day, it's God's agenda, right? And so we're all busy. We put on shoes and coats, ties, whatever we do. And we go to we go to work, we go to school, we do what we do, but it's his agenda. And it's not and so tapping in on a moment by moment basis and being able to hear from having confidence that I can hear from Jesus and having that impact the world around me in very good, tangible ways, you know, it's it's fascinating. It's yeah. wonderful. Amen. Yeah, but you Heidi. Um, I would say sort of along the same lines as Ross is saying. Um, the, the freedom that I've finally experienced after so many years, it, the thing that I wanted to take going from this is sharing that freedom with others and helping others to walk in that freedom and receive that healing. Um, and also just the, like, you know, we've talked about, Ross was saying too, like the gifts that, the, the, the hearing from the Lord and the, the spiritual gifts that he has um, revealed and and the exciting part is that he's the one that empowers those it has nothing to do with us and so just getting to share that with others and build up the church and and awesome. see his kingdom expand awesome okay so you know we're all in different places could you give some encouragement maybe for somebody that's thinking about doing cfds and is this the time or not okay. um i would say this do it if you even have a little bit of a desire like the low, I mean, you just feel this little peak of interest. Do it. Do not, do not hold back. Um, trust that the Lord is going to provide. I'm just going to tell, um, share a real quick story. So, um, we have, it'll be quick, I promise. <laughs> um, you know, we have a family of seven and we live on, we live on one salary. My husband works for a, a local school district. So if that tells you anything. So the, the thinking about paying for, CFDS was kind of like, oh, I don't know. It's like we had the desire. We knew we wanted to do it. And um, we held on to the application for about six weeks We and, and just looked at it, thought about it, prayed about it. And finally, we said, who cares? We'll pay for it. Like if it comes out of savings or if we have to have 10 garage sales, we're going to pay for it. Like God will provide. And so we filled out the application, turned it in on a Sunday. And on Tuesday, I went to the mailbox and there was a check from um, gas lease royalties from a house we had sold four years ago for the exact amount of CFDS plus, not just the amount, but plus $100. Um, and so I say all that to say he will provide. Do not let money hold you back. Um, and then um, the other would be um, that this CFDS is one of those markers in our lives where I'm going to look back when I'm 80 years old and say, because of CFDS, my life was forever changed. And so I say, do it. Um, he will rock your world. He will, you will leave completely changed and you will never regret it. Okay. Wow. You girl can preach. So 
Yeah, I feel like I'm close to a lot of people in the church, and a lot of people have yet to meet, but but the people in that group, 30, 35 of us, I mean, I'll have a lifelong connection with them that, that, that can't be replaced or added to. It's just, it is what it is, and it's it's, it's super deep. The speakers, the books, yeah. um, there's a depth to, to Christ Fellowship Discipleship School that's um, that's going to take me probably a year to unpackage, right, or more. And well. so it is a life marker. And and it, you know, my family, yeah, we sacrifice, there's financial, there's time, it's four hours, but but, you know, babysitters we have five kids six on the way i mean it's life's busy but for two years we said we're not going to do it we were sitting out there going i just don't think it's the time that's fine hear from the lord i'm telling you right now he's saying do it (laughs) all right you won't regret it okay y'all give it up for ross and heidi okay all that's fun and uh you fill out applications online heidi can preach come on girl All right, so open your Bibles to Luke chapter 24. This is one of my favorite passages in Scripture. It really is. We're talking about the risen Christ. And this is the uh, disciples on the road to Emmaus. And there's just so much to unpack here. We're just going to take a pretty tight line today and, and, and move through this. But first of all, the resurrection's just happened. The, the women have seen the resurrected Lord. They went back and they told Peter. A few of the disciples go back, but they're just, they see the empty tomb, but they're wondering what's going on. So we're picking up the story with the two disciples that are going on the road to Emmaus. Verse 13. Now that same day, two of them were going to a village called Emmaus, about seven miles from Jerusalem. They were talking with each other about everything that had happened. And as they talked and discussed these things with each other, Jesus came up and walked along with them. Okay, let me just pause there and just say that this, this story is, is like life. It, you, there's such a great metaphor here. The, the whole road thing. I mean, I grew up, my daughter, son, I'd always have these, now guys, life is like a road. And I would do these deep talks and notice the ants, how they work. And, right? We, we did that. And, and it was kind of weird that the, the, the kids were like, oh, dad, not another road journey. Life's a journey road story. But it's like, it's like that. It really is. It's a great metaphor. And it's like, if you could imagine a movie trailer, a movie trailer, and it goes something like, average guys meet the Savior. Their lives are changed. Cuts, you know, it's editing's happening. Different scenes are going on. And they enjoyed life with him, but then their hopes were dashed. As, as he goes to the cross and dies this death, what's going to happen to them? They're forlorn. Scenes changing, right? It's a trailer. Uh, and, and then, but suddenly the women hear that he's alive. They see him. They've given this report, but they're confused. You know, and they're doing their faces. They're confused. They're not sure. But then they meet Jesus on the road to Emmaus. Their lives are changed. They see him. Their hearts are burning and they go out and change the world. Swell, fade, cut into trailer. And that's kind of that's that's not a bad metaphor for what God's trying to get us to see today. That there's a journey here of life that is filled with all kinds of disappointments, setbacks, hard things that happen, and Jesus wants to meet us on that road and lead us through that time, help us to see Him for who He really is, have our lives changed, hearts burn, go out and change the world. That's that's what's going on. But the disappointment thing is real. When I was uh when I was in high school, kind of ninth, tenth, eleventh, twelfth grade, which is what high school is, 
thought that was funny. <laughs> Just informing you guys, in case you didn't know. Um, but when I was in high school, my parents were going through a really difficult time. And all, today is their 57th wedding anniversary. So they love each other. They made it. But those four years were super difficult. And, and back then, uh, we'd had a championship eighth grade football team, uh, you know, and, and, uh, Played junior varsity when I was a freshman and, and, uh, in varsity at the same time. And then I moved from this private school, Dallas Christian, over to South Garland High School. And my dream was to play Division I football. And, uh, thought that was going to be happening, you know. But I, in that period where all that stuff was happening, I needed some help. I, and, and it's, I made a bunch of bad decisions. And I made decisions that ticked off coaches and things, bad decisions and, in, in my character and life at the time. And what I didn't realize is that Jesus wanted to walk along with me through that whole thing. But I, I missed Him. I, I missed the relationship with Jesus part during that. You guys have heard part of my story before. But I, I missed that. It was a, and I, it cost years, really, to kind of work through some of the bad decisions that I made during that time. The disappointments that my heart felt because some of the things that I wanted to happen didn't happen. Now, I'm just like, Probably most everybody else. Maybe it wasn't the same kind of dream, you know, to play sports or something, but, but what was the dream? What was the setback? What was the disappointment that could have been middle school, high school, college, marriage? We all face these things, right? These are, that's a real part of life. I recently heard someone say that life is 10% what happens and 90% how we respond. You know, and I don't know about the mathematics on that piece, but I can think about a few key, you know, when you really have experienced some pain in life, some disappointments in life, it's not everything. Everything's not a disappointment, but there are some key things along the way that you go, man, that was, that was a bummer. That was a bummer. And that, that cost me some years thinking about that. And the older you are, the more you know what I'm talking about. That's, that's, that's life. We, there are disappointments in life, but here's the good news. Because Jesus Christ is raised from the dead, there is no situation that you face, no bondage that you're walking in, no sin struggle that you cannot walk in victory out of. That's the resurrection power of God at work in Jesus Christ in the power of the Spirit. And that's, that's what is at work in us who believe. And so it's this powerful good news. There is breakthrough. There is hope. There is a way forward. And here's the main thing today in a sentence. God wants us to learn to walk with the risen Christ through the everyday journey of life, through the ups, the downs, through the stuff, the hard things, the celebration points. But he wants us to do that with Jesus, with his arm around us in the power of the spirit. Okay, so I'm just going to hit a couple of these things. Just we're going to move through this story. And the first one is we want to see the it's learning to see the risen Christ in all of these different situations. First of all, in the in the disappointments. So let's look at verse 17 in the disappointments. What are you discussing? He asked them, what are you discussing as you walk along? They stood still, their faces down. One of them named Cleopas asked him, are you only a visitor to Jerusalem and do not know the things that have happened here in these days? What things? He asked about Jesus of Nazareth. They replied, he was a prophet, powerful in word and deed before God and all the people. The chief priests and the rulers handed him over to be sentenced to death and they crucified him. 
But we had hoped, but we had hoped that He was the one who was going to redeem Israel. And what is more, it is the third day since all this took place. In addition, some of our women amazed us. They went to the tomb early this morning, but they didn't find His body. They came and told us they'd seen a vision of angels who said He was alive. Then some of our companions went to the tomb and found it just as the women had said, but Him they did not see. So, it's a story of disappointment. It's the story of life and it's mixed with some disappointments. Their heads are down. They're downcast. Why? It didn't happen the way we thought. So, anybody relate to that? Right? Disappointments in your life, job, family, marriage, school things not working out the way we thought. You know, all of those things are possibilities. And I want to just kind of hone in on the relational part for just a minute. Just the relationship part of this thing. So here's how this works in relationships. When we're disappointed in someone, you know, something happened. We had an expectation. You ever, you know, you get expectations the way a relationship's going to work. It's going to be this way. It's going to be good. And, and they're going to do what I think they're going to do. And they're going to not do what I think they're not going to do. And things are going to be great. That'd be a great plan if everybody just did what we thought they ought to do. And anybody know that this, this is not the way life works. People don't always do what we want them to do and they don't always not do what we think they should not do. You understand what I'm saying there? And so what happens when they disappoint us? When they, somebody disappoints us, we're then faced with a choice. And that choice, a lot of times, kind of flows out of who we are. Things that have happened in our past, pain that we've experienced, brokenness. you know, And so we can withdraw from them because that's what was modeled to us, or we can lash out at them because that's what was modeled to us. You see how that works? We get disappointed. We make judgments. They didn't meet our expectations. It's over. Or, ah, you didn't, uh, and, and we put something on, we put stuff on them. Either way, it's we put the judgments on them, we put the disappointments on them, which is a great question. When we start thinking this thing through, it's like not only do we have to ask, are they disappointing us? But we have to ask, who have we disappointed in our past? Because a lot of times, if you can go back and kind of nail that down, where did this, where was disappointment placed on you? You know, it could be a parent or it could be something that happened, but, but somebody said something or they, they, they just put it on you. It's a mantle of disappointment. And so you kind of go through life with this mantle of disappointment in some way. And what happens is there's a hurt there. There's a wound there from that. And disappointed people that have been experienced that, they a lot of times will go out and express disappointment to other people. Just like hurt people hurt other people. Wounded people wound other people. That's why it's so important in our journey as disciples to find healing for the things that have happened in our past. That's why we do listening prayer here. That's why we, we just and uh, we get help from one another to pray over those things from our past to get healed so we can forgive and not place the disappointment going around being disappointment placing people, placing that on others. This past, uh, this past week, a uh, couple weeks ago, I had a, an opportunity to do this little video piece about Brene Brown's book called R Rising Strong. And in the book, Brene Brown talks about whenever we experience something, that uh, you know that maybe it was hard. We were disappointed. We wanted to 
lash out at somebody. It just was not a good situation. She calls that the way we experience that and write that down in our minds and in our hearts is a crummy first draft. She doesn't exactly use those words. Crummy first draft. But that's the idea. Crummy first draft. And so so basically a crummy first draft is it's all about my experience. It's out of my own brokenness, my own pain. It's the way I saw that thing. I wasn't looking through anybody else's eyes. It's basically I saw the way it happened and the way I saw it happen is right. Anybody know what I'm talking about? You, you know, just that, that's yeah. it's just like I saw it. I saw it right. I'm not given consideration to all the other people's stuff and brokenness and pain and disappointments they've experienced just like I have. Can we just say we're all in this together? This kind of helps, you know? So, so this, you got this crummy first draft there, and if you leave it as a crummy first draft, it's a crummy way to go through life. Telling a story that's not really the true story. Believing something that's not really the truth. Believing lies and just they get multiplied over time, and it's hard to really know if we lose a sense of, of who, who we really are in, when we're doing that. It's an identity thing for sure. And so Brown says that, hey, in, part of maturing, a part of growing up, you know, getting healthy in life is to not just leave it at a, as a crummy first draft, but to back up and, hey, let's take another look at that. Let's try to write this story again from a more holistic perspective. Me backing up, not in the moment, with the temperature kind of turned down a little bit, I can kind of see things a little better. You know, uh, maybe considering other people's perspectives, you know, like four people see an accident, four different stories, you know, and the same thing can happen in a situation, a relational deal. It may be the way we saw it, possibly throwing this out there as an option, the maybe the way we saw it isn't the only way it could be seen. Maybe the other person has a perspective that I've not thought through. That's really actually valid, or you know. And here's the thing on this. And Brown talks about this. I think this is good. When we, it's a maturing thing for us to realize that other people are kind of trying to do the best job that they can do. That's a, that's a, that's a big deal. Rather than going, I know they were trying to hurt me. I know they're just scallywag, rassin' frassin', no good, mean, slimy. Rather than thinking that, we think, hey, you know, maybe, maybe they've got broken issues and parts and pieces and hurts and wounds and disappointments and they're coming and this is the best that they can do. Yeah, and so somewhere in the midst of all of that, Jesus is coming in and He's wanting to walk with us through all of that stuff. And, and, and He's trying to help us because you know a lot of us, I was getting prayed for this morning early before first service down there in the prayer room and, and somebody just prayed about, Jamie, don't forget, don't forget roots. Don't forget performance. Because a lot of what we end up trying to do is we're trying to look good. We're trying to do it right. And it's not always a I can do it right thing. And 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 sometimes if I just if I'm only focused on the performance part and miss that God's trying to get something out of my life, a hurt, a wound, he's trying to heal something that's down in there. It's like a, a root of a weed. You ever those real sharp, spindly weeds that grow in the yard? College students, you're living in dorms, you're not pulling weeds right now. But 
Um, but there's weeds that, and sometimes they just break off right at the top. Those, and there's kind of spiny and stuff. But they've got like big gnarly, you know, big long white hairy root root things. And those have to those have to come out for the healing to happen in our lives. And so the Lord is He's really wanting to meet us. He's really wanting to come alongside us. And He's wanting, uh, the best way to say that root thing is He's wanting to break the cycle of disappointment and disappointment spreading just out of our hearts where that's the kind of person I'm just disappointed and I'm disappointed in you. And, I'm, and there's something more in the resurrection life of Jesus that He has for us than, than walking out this and kind of spreading this kind of a cycle forward. Okay, so that's the first piece is that we want to learn to see the risen Christ in our disappointments. The second one, and we'll move through these much faster. And they, they kind of flow though. This story is about seeing Jesus. It's about learning to see the risen Christ. Secondly, along the way. Along the way. So look at verse 15. And I'll just say a quick word about this. As they talked and discussed these things, Jesus came up and walked along with them. So when we're going through stuff, maybe disappointments, whatever, you know, that's a good time for us to look for Jesus and not expect him not to be there. Now, at one sense, he's he's everywhere. You know, I mean, he's he's holding all things together by the power of his word. So it's not like he's not there, but there's something different about recognizing the presence of Jesus as he's walking with us. Okay? So he's there with us and he he wants to ask questions. He wants to hear our perspective. He wants to draw us out. He wants to have a conversation. He wants to have a relationship with us. Deuteronomy chapter 6, it's the, the Shema. And here, O Israel, the Lord our God is, is one. The, love the Lord the God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. And he goes on there uh, in Deuteronomy and says, impress these things. Talk about these things as you go along the road. As you get up in the morning, as you go to bed at night, when you're walking along the road with your children, impress them on your children. Talk about this stuff. Walk along with Jesus as you go through life. I, he says, put it on your foreheads. Put it on the doorposts of your homes. You know, I don't know what all that looks like. I think for us in our generation right now, you know, you can't, it's, it'd be weird to tie something on your head, but you've got your cell phone with you all the time. And you can do reminders on that. I don't have mine. Well, it's in the car. There's a reason why I put it in the car on Sundays. Um, but it's obvious. But but I mean, you can put reminders on there to be like impress that stuff on your heart. Do reminders to abide in Jesus, to walk with Him, to pray, to turn our lives over to Him, to walk with Him along the way. That's learning to see the risen Christ. The third thing, learning to see the risen Christ in the Scriptures. So this one's huge. Verse 25, he said to them, how foolish and slow of heart to believe all that the prophets have spoken. You're slow to believe this. Did not the Christ have to suffer these things and then enter into his glory? And beginning with Moses and all the prophets, he explained to them what was said in all the scriptures about himself concerning himself. Okay, wow, what a great sermon. Jesus preaches Jesus. Yeah, and that's that's exciting. And one of the things I get from that is that this, these scriptures are about him. Okay? He is the image of the invisible God. He is the radiance of the glory of God. God reveals himself in Jesus. 
And if we're going to read these Scriptures and understand what God is like, we have to look through the lens of Jesus Christ. Does that make sense? So Jesus is the lens by which we understand the Scriptures. By which we under, and if you look at Jesus, you're going to see his relationship with his Father in the Spirit. You're going to see the things that are most important to him. You're going to, you're going to, over time, our lives are impacted in the power of the Spirit to be conformed into his image. But we look to Jesus if we're going to understand the Scriptures in the right way. So that's learning to see the risen Christ in the Scriptures. Number four, learning to see the risen Christ in our desires. So verse 28, 29. As they approached the village to which they were going, Jesus acted as if he were going further, farther. Is that Texan? Uh, Further, farther. It says farther, so we'll go with that. But he urged them, uh, uh, they urged him strongly, stay with us. It's nearly evening. The day is almost over. So he went in to stay with them. Now, the point here is just, if we're going to see the risen Christ, there's points along the journey and during the day, week in, week out, day in, day out, where we need to be inviting the Lord into what we're doing. Like literally inviting His presence into the middle of what we're doing. So it could be like, you know, it was like He was going to walk on and that may have been okay. He was going to go on, but they invited Him in and something wonderful happened because they invited Him in. And all I'm saying, our desires what we desire in here shapes us. You know, our desires really do shape. Like, we are doing a liturgy when we come in here and worship on Sunday mornings. Now, it's not liturgy like I'm wearing a robe, but it's a liturgy of things that we go through prayer, praise, sharing the word of God, you know, communion, these different things. And what these actions do is they start to shape our desires on the inside where what we desire and want is Jesus. We want His presence. And so it matters that we come and, and do that. We're not just punching the clock. You know, God just didn't need a place to, oh, I got these Christians. What do we do? We got the church. Well, they can go kind of do that on Sundays. No, this is actually helping to shape our desires and who we are. This, that's why we say, when did you treasure Jesus. When did you come to treasure Jesus Christ? It's because the desire thing is so important. We're all gravitating toward whatever that is that we desire. Make sense? I'm going on this a little long, I just, but I want us to get it. You, it's not maybe, you might. You're doing what you desire. And so this is a really big deal. Delight yourselves in the Lord and He's going to even shape and change and mold your desires so that you want Him. He will give you the desires of your heart. Moving on. Learning to see the risen Christ, not only in our desires, but also at the table. Verse 30, when He was at the table, with them He broke bread, gave thanks, and began to give it to them. Then their eyes were opened and they recognized Him. And He disappeared from their sight. They asked each other, were not our hearts burning? while He talked with us on the road and opened the Scriptures to us. So they recognized Jesus in the breaking of bread. Communion, breaking of bread. All these are times where it's like a moment of grace. And I even want to, of course, the Lord's Supper, but I want to broaden this so that you see that you can see the Lord when you break bread with brothers and sisters in the Lord. And you just, I mean, for 15 plus years, I've been praying. When I sit down with Christians, I'll pray, Lord Jesus, we want to see more of You as we break this bread together. 
And there's gobs of you guys that have sat with me and heard me pray that prayer. I mean, if you'll pray that prayer and then ask a simple question right after, right after you say Amen, say, hey, what's the Lord showing you? What's fresh with the Lord? What's fresh with Jesus? You know, you can, you can fellowship Jesus and you can fellowship the Cowboys. Seriously, draft's coming up. And it's not illegitimate. It's not wrong. It's just there's a time to talk about the Cowboys and that's one level of fellowship. Well, I think they need a corner. I think they need a free safety. You know, whatever. And that's, and that's it, it's like that. But fellowshipping Jesus is a, what's Jesus showing? It's a totally different thing. What's Jesus showing you? He just gave me grace to forgive this person that, and I just, all I was doing was praying the Lord's Prayer, and I felt like He spoke to me and gave me grace in the moment to forgive them. Praise God. That's better than talking about the draft. Right? Everybody tracking? No, it is. It really is. So it's an invitation. I'm just, all these things are just simple invitations. Ask Him to stay. Simple invitation. Pray to see Him at the table. Again, on the desire thing, how many times do you eat during the day? Two, three, snacky. Maybe don't pray over snacks as much. But I mean, if we just built into our rhythms of breakfast, lunch, and dinner, say thanks and pray to see Jesus. That's life-changing, right? Amen. Okay, the last one is learning to see the risen Christ sharing with others. And so they, they're, they're fired up. They got up. They returned at once to Jerusalem. They found the eleven and those with them assembled and saying, it's true. The Lord appeared, the Lord has risen and appeared to Simon. Then the two told what had happened on the way and how Jesus was recognized by them when he broke the bread. So again, you guys, this is a simple invitation to tell someone what you've seen about the risen Lord. Week in, week out, we do this. We, we come in here. And then we go out and we scatter and we go all out to TCU and our jobs and our homes and families and neighborhoods and all that stuff. And things happen. Stuff happens in our lives. And then we come back in here and we testify about it. This morning, the testimonies were about CFDS. It changed my life. It could change yours too. I met Jesus. I'm prophesying and sharing spiritual gifts. And He could do that with you too. That's a testimony. This past... This past week, I, I don't know if the guy's, uh, the, the friend is here today, but I just had, it was just an awesome interaction. At the end of the third service last week on Easter, I had, I had a guy come up and he just said, Who is Jesus? And I was talking with Cole's dad and grandma, and they started giving me time with this, with this guy, and, and his grandma turns around and goes, That is the most important question you could ever ask. And it just set up, we just had the most awesome, Conversation, talking about the Lord who died for him, and 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 he dies, he died for you. If you need to hear that today, he's the Lord, man. I mean, and we prayed together and asked Jesus to reveal Himself to us. After three services, I was spent, but I'm telling you that was that was like yeah, you know, praying with that guy, just awesome, man. And and he wants to come back, you know, Lord, bring bring him back. Um, but just the, the testimony piece is huge. Uh, in the city right now, so, so that's here in the city and in the nations. In the city right now, we're doing this thing called Revive Texas. And, and all these churches are joined together 
It's an evangelistic push that's happening right now. Churches worshiping together, sharing their faith. I got a text this past Wednesday from Jeff Sanders who was saying he'd gotten information that 25 people had given their lives to the Lord on that day, just just Wednesday. Uh, Ten people at the Sonic at Sycamore School Road. Not sure how that all happened, but that's pretty cool, right? Um, And then 15 young men on the O.D. Wyatt boys basketball team gave their lives to the Lord. They're getting baptized this week. So we go out, we come back in, we share the stories. Uh, I was on the phone with Jimmy Seibert, who leads our movement, Antioch, the Antioch movement. And uh, um, it was a conference call this past Monday, and he said, hey guys, uh, I'm walking in a field right now on the south side of London. This is kind of technology weird. But he was there for this 25 leaders gathered from around the world to this thing called Finish the Task. And I mean, the leader of Campus Crusade for Christ, uh, just massive vision for planting 5 million churches. It's just mind-boggling stuff. And they are trying to finish the task in three years. They want to see a church planted for every 1,000 people on planet Earth. We get to be a part of this. You know, and so there's something about seeing the resurrected Lord, Jesus Christ raised from the dead, that absolutely changes our lives, our hearts, our desires, what we see for the future, what we envision for what life ought to look like. It's not just the same old, same old, same old thing. We can't envision life disconnected from what God's doing through Jesus Christ and the power of the Spirit on planet Earth. I am. I'm in. So, life, you guys, just wrapping this up, is is full of just... There's stuff that happens. Ups and downs, disappointments, all of that. And the good news is that everybody else is a real person just like I'm a real person. I don't do it just right all the time and you don't do it just... We're just imperfect people you know and so we blow it and doing different stuff and thinking wonky things and being short with people and disappointing and all those kinds of things but the good news is that God because of his life in us is making things right through all of these relationships that are hard could be family work and even church and I'll just I'll say this about church because a lot of people say well, I was hurt in church well, you're, you're likely to be hurt in church almost as much as any place. And here's why. We're actually trying to turn toward each other. We're, we're, we're trying to turn toward one another. We're trying to walk in the steps of Jesus and actually experience real community, not just superficial porcelain, you know, thing, you know, garage door closing, no interacting. You know, we're trying to be in one another's lives in a way where we know each other and then that thing happens and we're tempted to go, I'm out of here and put a big label on the church concept. Still God's eternal purpose accomplished through Christ Jesus our Lord, no matter what we think about it. And, and so it's a, yeah, it's a turning toward one another and it's in that turning that we get to write the second draft, the third draft, the draft that is marked by love. And, and it looks like more like Jesus. Remember, Jesus said the Christ had to suffer and die on the cross. Jesus is who we look at, but the tip of that point is the cross. Because it's in the cross that we see the other-centered, other-focused, willing-to-die-for, agape love of God. And that's what God is really like. That's what God's really like. He loves enemies. 
And He keeps turning toward us no matter how many times we turn and He calls us to live that kind of life. And it's, it's the best. Y'all stand up. Amen. So the worship team's coming. The ministry team's coming. We're just going to take just a moment here. I know we're just a little bit long today. But we want to respond to God on this. We want to respond to the heart of God. And again, let me just ask this question this way. What, what part of life are you facing a disappointment in this morning? Where's that disappointment place where you find yourselves like the, the, the disciples on the road to Emmaus, head down about something, maybe hope just deferred about something, need encouragement, need hope, need to really experience the presence of God walking along with you. That's where the life change happens. It's in the presence of God. If we can get there just again and again and again in our lives, and not just here, but here, but this afternoon and tomorrow, waking up and being with God, just things happen in the presence of God that are powerful. And so I just want to call you to respond today. Don't leave here with a heavy heart, please, without getting someone to pray for you. If you're experiencing disappointment, you need a breakthrough, get someone to pray. And, and of course, as always, if you want to start a journey with Jesus, if you want to walk with Him, that journey can start right now. Just let's respond to the Lord. Get somebody to pray with you and uh, pray with somebody you came with. But this is really, this is where... Life change stuff happens right now. So Lord, meet us in the name of Jesus. Give us grace to respond to You like the disciples. Lord, would You reveal Yourself. Open eyes. Open hearts. And let us be the people that You've called us to be joining You and sharing the story, the good news with the world around us. But Lord, heal our hearts today. In Jesus' name, Amen. Why don't you come? Please be bold. Go for it. We just got a few minutes. Let's go for it. Put a stake in the ground. Jesus, meet us. We love You, Lord. Come and meet us in the midst of disappointment. Crummy first drafts. Meet us, Lord. Release the power of God here in this place. Holy Spirit, come. Make things right. Point us to the Lord. Point us to Jesus. We love You, Jesus. We love You, Lord. Yeah, he's good.